You know, it's um, it's quite interesting that we sort of how things align. So we've just taken common union, communion with Him, and this morning I want to talk about believing. And so much of <clears throat> what was accomplished for us, we must believe. We must have a deep-rooted conviction of what He did and what He's doing. Um, otherwise we will struggle to enter into this life that he calls us to enter into. And I want to encourage us all, no matter where you may find yourself this morning in your relationship with him, I just want to encourage you to continue to be present with him. He, on one hand, asks for a lot, and on the other hand, asks for very little. And this morning I just sense he's just sensing, just saying to us, just be present with me. Don't be somewhere else. Be present with me. It's very easy to be somewhere else, isn't it? It's very easy to let our mind distract us to the busyness of life. Life will consume us if we let it. Be consumed with the one of life. Don't let life consume you, but be consumed with the one of life. And allow him to define it all and believe. Believe is uh, like a door that opens up and you enter into a realm that is for us as we step out in him. And as we allow him to truly be God in our lives. Because you have to allow him to be God in your life. Anyone else found that out? You can resist him being God. You can try and be God yourself. And you can try and keep all the cards stacked nice and neatly. But sooner or later, a wind of gusts, especially if you live in Wellington, comes along and blows your cards over. And you wonder why life is all a bit all over the show. So believe, believe, believe. God is the God of the absolute truth, yes? And so he is the God of truth. He is truth. He speaks truth. He continues to speak truth. And if there's one thing that I have come to know without a shadow of any doubt is that he is the God of the absolute. What he says is, what he says is true, and if I enter into what he says his way, I experience the realm and the reality of what he says is true. Yes. And we, as his people, are to come into a deep-rooted conviction of that. Not a mental agreement. It's, it's easy to have a mental agreement of truth, isn't it? I can say, yes, I know Jesus is the Messiah, but then you can know Jesus is the Messiah in a way that catapults your life. We can know that we are to reach out to people and lay our lives down, and then you can know that. So you can believe in that. Yes, I believe I am to lay my life down, but I never do because I don't have a deep-rooted conviction of that. I just have a mental agreement with God. And God is moving us from being this mental agreement into a living conviction. Some of us are there, some of us are continuing this, and we're all in this sort of melting pot together. 
Because we're all in this pot together. No one's outside of the pot. Everyone's in the pot. And we're all figuring this out with him, aren't we? How do you do what you do? And how do I surrender my life so what you do can be in my life? Because you are the God of absolutes. Absolute truth. So what he says happens. You and I can trust our whole life on him. Because what he says happens. So if he says the truth will set you free, the truth will set you free. If he says that rivers of living water are coming out of you, rivers of water will come out of you. If he says that you'll never die, when you die, you won't die. The challenge is, do I believe that? He is not on the stand. He is not in question. His word is never in question. It is what it is, and it is true. And you and I can back Everything upon that. And then we're called to live from this new order, this new default setting, because I've gone from having a mental agreement of stuff now into a deep-rooted conviction in my heart and my mind, and that deep-rooted conviction is causing a change in life. I now find myself being able to live from, no longer toward, But from victory, not toward victory, from victory, because the victory has come because I've received a deep-rooted conviction of truth and the promises, and I have received them by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because one day I heard the word of God proclaim. So I received it this way. I heard it. I came and I accepted it as it is, which performed a work in my spirit and in my soul because I believed. And that's what we've been looking at, haven't we, over 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, 14. We've been looking at God's way in which God does everything because God has a specific one way in which he does everything. There's not multiple ways to which God does stuff. There's one way into his truth. There's diversity in the oneness and how he outworks stuff in all our lives might be different, but his way is one way. That's why he said, I am the way to the Father. And as his people, we have to believe in his way. And if we believe in his way, if we've been apprehended and arrested by him and repointed If we were slightly off cue, we now walk into the promise and the reality of what is proclaimed. Amen. So no matter where we're at today, can I encourage you to keep walking? Just put one foot in front of the other if that's all you can do. If it's a half a foot, if it's a nose like mine, poke it forward and just move towards him. Don't move away from him. God will actually at times in our lives intentionally start to withdraw and move things and shake things to awaken us from things we may actually have put our trust in. To unsettle us that we would actually realize the things I've put my trust in actually aren't of you. And he does this because he loves us to shake and move us towards him. But if we don't know that's him, we can think it's something else. And so we continue to move away until I'm moving to And at the last part of the series we've been looking at, the Thessalonians believed. They believed in a word that they heard that they received out of the mouth of man, and it performed a work in them. 
See, God is the master surgeon, isn't he? And he wants to do a work in you. Do we let him? I've had surgery on my knees. And I had to let the surgeon operate on my broken knees to fix my knee. Because my knees are stuffed. And he had a scalpel. And with the scalpel, he cut, realigned, slashed ligaments, tightened them up, realigned the kneecap, put it back together, stitched me up, put me in plast. And now my knee doesn't dislocate like it used to. The master surgeon wants to go to work in us to bring us into his posture. How many of us want to walk on the planet with the reality that Jesus walked the planet with? How many of us want a peace that would guard your heart and your mind while you live on earth? A joy. Not built on feelings. Nothing wrong with feelings. I'm talking about a joy that actually propels you forward through trial and tribulation and chaos and withholds you like a pillar of strength while everything may be falling around you. For the joy set before the Lord, Jesus says, I give you my joy. And you can't lose it. You can't lose joy because it's a substance of Jesus. We're the lost ones, not him. (laughs) Your happiness, feelings go up and down, so we can't confuse happiness with joy. But this all comes through believe. See, believe is a substance that somehow propels you forward into a reality that you weren't once in. So the man Paul was a man called Saul. And Saul received something through a man laying his hands on him called Ananias. And he went from being Saul to being Paul. Because the man believed he had an encounter and continued to have encounters which would change his whole identity and bring him into the man that he was before he was even born. Because before he was even born, he was going to be Paul. That's how much the Father loves you and I. You may have started out as a sinner, but you were always going to be saved. Do you believe that? That was five people. (laughs) See, you've been marked. Marked. Isn't it cool to know you've been marked? You are mine. Called. Set apart. But guys, do we believe? Do I have, do we have a deep-rooted conviction of what we have been called for? Because it's that that's going to be the thing that actually has you experiencing the fullness of that life. It's phenomenal. And I'm hoping that we are hearing what is being declared by Paul here in Thessalonians and what is coming out of the mouth of people speaking here. Because a reality is being proclaimed There is an absolute, absolute position that is being uttered through mouths of men and women. And I'm not just about people who are speaking, I'm talking about in this community that are speaking.
speaking what they are receiving of an absolute position in Jesus. Do you know it is fully possible to be completely set free from fear? Anxiousness, worry, anxiety, jealousy, self-ambition. Do you know that it is fully, fully, fully possible to walk in that freedom? To not be offended by any individual because the system, the life that is being built in you is him. And because he is in you like he wasn't offended, he loved, you and I can model that. Isn't that something to want to lay your life down for? Isn't that something that you would turn the tally off, do the things, let go of stuff for that realm? But see, if it's just words and a mental agreement, then it's a yes now, but tomorrow it's not. And my life will just continue to track like it always have, and life will just become life, and and all of a sudden life will be all-consuming. And yet there is a life that Jesus promises. He says, you know what? Life is more than the body and food food more than... No, I've messed that up. <laughs> life is more than clothing and food... Uh, Matthew 6, go have a look. <laughs> Help me out. What does it say? For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. So what is this life that is more than the basics of life? If you didn't have physical food, would you survive? No, not over a period of time. Water, no. Shelter, no. Clothing, no. So Jesus makes this absolute statement where he says life is more than the basics that every human being needs to live on earth. What is this life that Jesus speaks of? Because it's found in Christ. And it's a life of abundance. But here's the thing, if we don't get a deep rooted conviction of what he says because he's absolute truth, then our lives will never be altered. And unfortunately, we will never experience something we were supposed to because we are his children. And the Holy Spirit has been given for you and I to experience the fullness of life as a family and as individuals. And believe Believe, 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 receive the word that you heard and accept it for it will perform a work in you for all who believe. So I'm praying and hoping that we can believe. Listen, I'm just going to read a statement, an absolute statement, John 7, 30, 38 to 39. It's up there um, on our PowerPoint. So we'll see it together. Why don't we read it together? He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Did they receive the spirit? So they didn't have the spirit at this point in time, but he speaks a reality He who believes in me, he who has a deep-rooted conviction of who I am, as the Scripture declares, not your version of the Scripture, as my Father declares it to be. Those who believe in what and how I say, what I write, who I am from my version of who I am, not yours, my version, which he has to reveal. 
from this person, innermost being, will flow. This is, an abs- this is just one promise. The whole book is contained with a trillion promises. This is one that would literally propel you into him. One. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. See, they believed, so they were found present in an upper room. See, they heard, and they heard, received, and went. So with what you're hearing, are you going? With what you are hearing, are you receiving that through belief, and now is that changing you? Because these people heard of a promise, you will be filled with the Spirit of God. Not at the moment. This is going to be a reality. And what they heard, they moved towards, and then they received it. Now they're living from a new reality. Are you capturing the hugeness of this? It is easy to turn up week in, week out, go to discipleship groups week in, week out, and nothing's different. Why? Because we're not hearing, we're not receiving, we're not pursuing, we're not going after. It's just washing over us and there's no change. It's like sort of being washed with a wetsuit on and you don't get washed. So you're actually, the word's going out and it's all around you, but because it's just hitting and harder, whatever, it just falls to the ground. And there's no change on the inside. And I read of Jesus who says, I promise you a reality. If you believe in me, there's something for you so extravagant, so unreal. It's so good you actually may struggle to believe it. Who believes that's possible for you? As an individual, not because you've got a title, not because you've somehow made it, not because you're a senior leader, not because, no, no, because you're a son of his. That qualifies you for a promise that is to be realized. Not just out here realized. Why, Greg? So then I would live in accordance to how I'm called to live. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, didn't he? Which means he came to heal broken people to set them free, to be whole, that you would never be broken again. So he came to complete such a powerful work in us as we journey that we would go whole, that we would be whole, that we would go to America as whole people and be the demonstration of Christ. So people that are broken see wholeness. That's why, Amy, it is about being. Being is the answer. Don't have to fix anyone. Just be and allow Christ out of you to the measure you are and let him come in more. And people will see it and go, you're different. Because I have a reference for my background. I have a reference for being abused as a child. I have a reference for my brokenness. And I see wholeness. And is that for me? Yes, it is. Because let me tell you about a man called Jesus who set me free because I was lost and now I'm found. Why? Because I believed. And you see this everywhere. We're going to look at these scriptures. What about this one? Revelation 3, 21 to 22. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. So I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, he's big on ears. (laughs) Let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. This is just one in a multitude of promises to you and I in the book of Revelation. So he's saying, if you overcome life, 
all the trials and the tribulations and the testings and all those things that come to rob you and kill you and hold you back, if you're in me, you're walking with me, developing this relationship with me, laying your life down, letting me be God, let me build you as a son, let me reveal my identity in you, just surrender, let me do this work, then you're going to overcome. And those who overcome, he grants them to sit down with him on his throne. Is this on earth or is this in another realm? I think it's in another realm before we come back to earth. That looks like the bride to me. Because the bride will sit next to the groom and the father's right there. These people who overcome this life, because life is more than food, the body more than clothing. Why are you worrying about all this stuff? There's a will to be done. There's my Father's will to be done on earth. Jesus said, I've only come to do the Father's will. I don't give a rip about anything else. And in that, I'll find life. See, I was a carpenter for 30 years and I worked a trade, but that wasn't about. It wasn't about having a family. It wasn't about this. It wasn't about that. It was about fulfilling my calling, the purpose for which I was created. And then we get the same invitation. And then he, so he tells you, if you are these people and you do it and you lay it down because someone heard the word and is a doer of the word, because we don't forget after hearing, otherwise we're a foolish man, yes. We look in the mirror and go, who are you? So it's a, a person who hears and then hears that powerful word, receives it, and all of a sudden now they're doing the word, allowing the word to go to work on them. They'll sit down with the Father? Are you real? I was sharing this with Noel. I have been created for him. Not Danielle. Not my children. For him, period. I was created in his heart and mind, and you were too, to be in relationship with him as the most prioritized thing on, in life. I am his possession, not my wife's. And she is not my possession. And my children are not my possession. They are his possession. And we are all going to return to him. Will we all be that? Because that is a promise for those that are his, wholeheartedly his. And see, there's got to be, isn't there, an unlocking, because I can see it in your faces now. What are you talking about, Simnor? Will you believe what I just said? Will you actually get a deep-rooted conviction that would unhook you from this physical family thing that keeps you down and reconnected back to him, and then you view that through that lens, and now you're in freedom? He's called us for himself. That's why there's no marriage after this earth. And see, we can be locked in and literally earthlings and never realize how earthly we are. And yet we're called to be eternal beings. For you are not a mere man, Paul said. Mere humans, what's that? We have the seed of the living God in us to be sons of the most high God and to live as sons on the earth. But do we believe because believing through hearing will literally turn you and have you walking differently and receiving this new realm. I read that. I had a revelation of that six years ago. Man, I was on fire. And I continue to be on fire. And I read it because I've been revealed it here and here. 
And it what shifted this ship. So let's have a look at these scriptures about believe if we can. We're going to fly through them. Mark 9, 23. And Jesus said to him, all things are possible. Say with me, all things. All things are possible to him who believes. This is quite confronting, isn't it? Does this confront anyone? It confronts me. So if you think of your life and you think of the things that aren't possible, he's telling you all things are possible. So there's a disconnect between what I think and what he says, but I'm not God. So do I believe what God says over what I think and say? You see, the Bible says there is a way that always seems right to a man. The only problem, it ends in death. So the ways of man, the ways of Greg end in death. The problem is Greg thinks they end in life. But his ways end in life and life of abundance. It's not even like just life. It's life of abundance. So we have to ask ourselves, am I, have I come into this abundance of life within where we all see we want a joy and a hope and a peace, which is fully possible to all those who believe to come into because he wants to put rivers of living water in you. And those rivers are rivers of the Spirit. And he is the Spirit. And the Spirit is hope, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, X, Y, Z. And so you can see the challenges, do I believe? And if that's not my reality today, am I being stirred up to actually want to pursue a reality that's concealed for me? For the Bible says in Proverbs 25 too that God conceals things from us, but they're for us. Why would he do that? Because he's looking for a people that love him more than they love everything else. And that is a testing to see whether we love him more than we love us. That doesn't mean he won't love you unconditionally, but he's testing you at the same time. That's why God was, Jesus himself was sent into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. It was the spirit that led him there. Why? Is this part of our theological understanding that God will test you? Read the Bible if it's not, because it's everywhere. Go read Deuteronomy 8. It says, I sent them into the wilderness to test their hearts. I'll do things to test my children. Do you as a parent? I'll do things to put them in situations to grow them to maturity, but I'm right there. So in the event they fell over, I'm right there. But as a loving parent, I put my children in situations to grow them, to mature them, to unhook them from me and Danielle so they can grow and mature in their own life, yes? Well, he's no different. Why? Because he's looking for and he wants to reveal a work deep within us. Everything he does is for you and I, yes? He is not against us. He is for us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be in you, around you, in front of you, behind you. I will carry you. But what I won't do is zap you your whole life to get a fix. I want you to enter into this process called sanctification with me so you can really mature and know because what I want to pop in your hands requires much.
And it's whether we believe. Because all things, guys, all things. Look at Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Matthew nine twenty eight. When he entered the house, the blind men came up to him and said, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. See, I reckon these guys were desperate. We need to get a bit of this desperation in us. See, you're blind. Everyone else can see. But you hear about a guy that can heal. You hear about a man that's actually setting people free and they can see. Would you want that? If someone was describing to you creation and color and all those things and people and you've never seen it, wouldn't you want it? And then you hear about a man, you hear the word. Something is declared in the city about a man that's opening eyes and releasing people. I reckon that's going to stir something in your spirit because you want to see. Do we really want to see? Do we really want to see? Do we really want to live for him? Because if we do, you'll receive. He said, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find. And I want to encourage us to be people who seek with all, but don't seek together, seek as a community. This whole individual stuff has got to be smashed out of Christianity because it's robbing the church and killing the church. Me and God doesn't exist. It's just me and the Lord. Rubbish. Jesus patterned what it's to be. If God patterned it certain ways, then we need to follow the pattern and not recreate the pattern, which has got the church in all sorts of trouble. So he says, come, let's believe together. Matthew 8, 13. And Jesus said to the centurion, go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. John 6, 66 to 69. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. That is sad. So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? (laughs) That is a cool, cool statement right there. Have we come to the end of ourselves? where you know there is nowhere else to go. Because until you've reached that point, you're going to be searching for things that have no life in them. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. See, all those things outside of Jesus, they end in death. And you can... I spent nine years wasting time, but at the same breath, hear what I'm saying? I didn't because they made me realize what I never had. So I was so lost. (laughs) I was so lost. And then I was found. And because I was so lost, I have a reference for how found I am. Did you hear that? Because I was so lost when I got found, I was found. Not found half, not found a little bit, found. And with that came a whole lot of truth because I was found. And now I started living from the found place, no longer living from the lost place. And I came to that point where I could say, where am I going to go? You actually hold all the answers to life. You are life. 
That's why if you're here and you don't know him yet, he is the answer to life. Trust me, I wasted years trying to find life and I didn't find it in anything but Jesus and continue to find it in Jesus. And everything Jesus says about himself is the truth. And he is the way, the truth and the life, not just to the Father, but to life in whole. And he has truth for us to come into, which will have us prepared for another realm as well. And Peter found this. He said, Lord, it doesn't matter if they kill us. It doesn't matter where we go. We found you and we have believed and come to know. Have you believed and come to know that he is the absolute answer to everything? He is the answer to you having a whole life form within you. And he is the answer to every struggle, trial, tribulation you are going through right now. It's him. John six twenty nine. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. That you believe. Father, I pray that we would believe. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now and put a deep-rooted conviction of you in our hearts and minds. Enlarge the knowledge we have, the true knowledge we have. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, that through your power, that you would just enlarge it. Do what we cannot do. We're doing what you've asked us to do, which is pray, ask, seek, and knock prophesied the reality that is and to be realized Father you prophesied to those people that the Spirit's going to come from your innermost being and they believed and were found in the place waiting and then received the reality to which was prophesied I thank you that when we prophesy the living word when we preach the truth it is a living reality that people can capture by faith and receive it through your power Lord and if we will accept that it will perform a work in us to all of us who believe. And I thank you we can trust in you, the master builder, to build us the way you want to build us. And we can let go of all the things that we think are our foundation, we think are bringing life, and we would give them to you for you to define them all and give back if it be your will. ask this in Jesus' name. Here's my thought amongst all the other thoughts. (laughs) But I think this is so powerful, and it's this. We believe to understand. We don't understand to believe. We believe to understand. We don't understand to believe. To understand to believe is the world's way. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that you will not understand God through the wisdom of the world. So if we're trying to understand him, people say to me, until I understand, I won't believe. You never will find that place. You never will find it. You'll never understand God to believe in God. You have to believe to understand. It's back to front. His ways, from our perspective, are back to front, but they're not from his. They're the right way around. Can I just encourage you to believe to understand His hand is upon you, and he wants you to know him in a a measure you don't yet know him. 
But he sees, and he sees where you're at and what you're going through, and there's healing in him for the things that have happened. And there's more than you even know. And you've tried and you've looked and you've dabbled. But it's like you sort of, he's, his arm is long. <laughs> and even though he, we go off, and this was me, we go off, his, he's, he's called you. Before you were even born, his hand was on you and saw you. So he's let you do your thing. But know that his arm has always been on you. Even though when you haven't known it, his, he's been watching. And I believe he's just calling you home. He's calling you home. And I know what that's like. I know that life. And so I pray that you would let go and just let him. And when we believe to understand, everything starts to shift. Anyone know how he heals people? Anyone got a theory on that one? (laughs) It messes up surgeons, doesn't it? You know, when my father was diagnosed with cancer and he went to have the, his, uh, his, the tumour out and it was gone, it sort of messes up the medical profession really badly. And they've got to come up with some sort of logical reason for how that happened. Oh, oh maybe it wasn't there. Oh, yeah, no, no, we got the x-ray, that's right. And kind of roll that one out. Maybe, oh, maybe, oh, who knows? Oh, yeah, whatever. But see, my dad knew. See, my dad had a reference for the cancer and he had a reference for being healed and he walked out that knowing that. Let's believe to understand. Let's not try and reduce God down so our puny minds can fit him in it and go, oh yeah, I got that. He's so big. And he wants to renew our minds to his way of thinking through believing. So yes, the mind is really important once it's been undone. God said to me, Greg, I'm reordering the church's steps during the week. I'm reordering her. I'm realigning her. Some people are well out of alignment and others are just a tweak, but I'm reordering the steps. And when you look at all those passages, the whole purpose for it is so we can walk upright, isn't it? That we can walk tall, not in our own strength, but in his strength, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. That we could actually be pillars that support the truth because we believe. See, we don't build the church. He builds and we support the building work because we are pillars being built. So as we walk together, I'm walking with 14 men on a Tuesday night and not just on a Tuesday night throughout life and we are using these beautiful things called iPhones to encourage one another on apps and speak life in one another and wrestle together. What's happening is God is building pillars and people that have maybe sort of you know that the God has got a, well. God's on all of us, but sometimes in life, life takes over, and guys are starting to realize and remember gifts that are there, and and the Lord, and 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 what I'm seeing, guys. Anyway, is just that we're starting to come alive more, and there's a real work that's happening, and people are starting to realize. My goodness, I've sort of got slightly offline. I need to be reordered, and it's beautiful what He's doing. 
to see men, pillars being built. And as we walk together, because we can't build each other, we can't give one another revelation, but you know what? We can be present and stand as pillars and go, you ain't going anywhere. When you're on a runaway, we're going to call you. When it gets tough and you want to leg it, we're going to call you. We're going to turn up on your door. Hey, remember us? <laughs> Pray and hope and believe all things. Why? Because we believe. And we believe. The Bible says love believes all things. So no matter where we're at today, believe all things are possible. And um, belief means, this is my words, a deep-rooted conviction of what you believe in, which moves you towards this new reality. I just want to finish on the scripture, John 11. And this is, once again, such a powerful promise that if we can capture it in our spirit, it will reorder so much. See, the opposite of believe is to unbelieve, isn't it? And the Israelites got themselves in all sorts of trouble because of unbelief. They never entered into the promised land. They never entered the rest because of unbelief. Unbelief is the enemy of belief. And there's a man who said, help me in my unbelief. I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And I believe God would say to us today, believe, believe, believe. And here is this awesome passage. I mean, I don't think it gets better than this, but it does. <laughs> John eleven twenty one. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would, have died, would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Martha's changing, isn't she? This is different from the lady that was in the kitchen running around being distracted and worried by many things. She caught something. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And here's the big question. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. This is one of the most profound promises that God can give us. That you do not die when you die. The fear of death holds humans in absolute bondage and change, doesn't it? That's why when people die, there's an opportunity to share Christ because they are awakened out of their stupor and their slumber and their fake security that they've bought into. And now you've got an opportunity to share because they are awakened to a reality that their loved one has just gone and they've got no clue what's happened. And we have a God, a man called Jesus Christ who was God who came down and he said, Hey, Martha, do you believe that there's no death when you physically die? See, he knew this so he can hang out for four days in complete rest, doing the Father's will where he was until the Father said, now it's time to go. See, when you believe, you're in rest. 
You're not running around like a madman trying to figure it all out because you believe. So you know the future. You know what the Father's business. You know that Lazarus is going to be raised from the dead. So we can hang out here, boys, for four days and we're all sweet. We can do what we're supposed to be doing here because he's just asleep. But by the way, he is dead. But you know where he's hanging out? With Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? Maybe because... I'm the God of the living. And even though those boys passed away, they're not dead either. So they're just hanging out in another sphere, in another realm. And when I come, I'm going to bring him from that realm into back into his body. And he's going to walk out that tomb so we're all sweet and all good. Why? Because I believe in my Father and I am the resurrection and the life and I speak it and what I speak happens. And did it happen? You know the cool thing about this? Who's got the reference point for the truth now? <laughs> Lazarus is going to go, you want to take me out? You want to kill me? You can't because I live forever. Because I died, I was there, I'm back in my body. Give it your best shot. I live forever. What a cool thing to experience. The truth that was prophesied before he was back. He's going, that's me. Look, it's me. I'm here. I'm living. I was dead I'm, and physically I was alive there, but now I'm back and now you've got me back. You think that's going to mess you up in a beautiful way? Because you've received what was spoken. You see, the Pharisees wanted to kill him because his demonstration, his life was going to get them more in trouble. He says, go on, do it. I've been set free from death. I no longer live, but I live for him. Why? Because I believe, because I've received. I am the demonstration. I was dead physically. I'm now back in my body. Give it your best shot. That's for you and me. And we don't have to die physically to experience that. Why? Because Jesus is saying here and giving us a promise, and I'm going to read it again. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Say, I'm never going to die. And I pray that would get hold of you to such a degree that your whole life would be changed. I said to Danny, I said, man, when I die, I don't want anybody crying. I want to have a party because I am in with him and I'm not going to be upset. So why would you cry for someone when the person who's gone is not upset? So I'm saying, don't cry, party. And don't pray me back. <laughs> Do not pray me back. <laughs> you see, when this becomes such a reality, it unhooks you from things. Look, here I'm saying, I'm not saying, when my dad, I grieved for my dad and I lost my dad. But you know what? I had a peace in my heart and my mind. I grieved here. It was really weird. I didn't grieve in my heart. There was no loss in my heart. I was celebrating. My grief was actually that my children wouldn't let you spend time with my dad. That was my grief, that they never had an opportunity to, to meet one of the funniest guys that I've known. But my heart was whole. And I know my dad's with him. Why? Because Jesus promised me when you die, you don't die. And my dad believed it. At the age of 55, if, you know, if you've got loved ones, and they still don't know the Lord. My dad was 55 when he gave his life to Jesus. They say you've got to get him saved at young because the old people don't get it. What a lot of rubbish. The power of God comes on a person. Jesus wants someone. They'll be saved like that. 
So pray and pray and pray and pray and pray till you see what he says is going to be a reality. So let's believe. I'm believing so much for us and myself and my daughters and my wife and us as a community because I've seen her. I've seen it. God showed it to me. I've seen the bride. I've seen her in her garments. He said, this is what I'm doing, son, right here at this place called the Rock on a Hill. So speak and speak and pray and declare no matter what and believe to see her with a people that would go together. Yes, Lord, we believe. And so we enter into the process. And you know the story for me. I didn't have a conviction of how God built his church. I had a conviction of who the Father was. And I had to receive from heaven his way. Well, it's no different to all of us. John 3, 29, John the Baptist, what Jesus said about John the Baptist, a man can only receive what's given him from above. It's the only way. And so I hope 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, 14 hasn't just been oh yeah, some nice thoughts, but we would go and we would actually meditate on that passage. And we would look for ourselves and start writing and ask the Holy Spirit to bring us into and to eat what is there. Because I stand before you today with incredible conviction to go, it's his way. It is his way. And he promises this life. The life that God has created us all for is nothing short of breathtaking. But our challenging, our challenge is believing of this life and our movement towards it. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that as we gather, this isn't just about two hours on a Sunday. This is about receiving you. We come to meet and be changed by you. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're speaking, have been speaking, will continue to speak. And may we believe all things for one another. Where we're at today, be encouraged that all things are possible. No matter where you're at, all things in him are possible. And so believe and lift your eyes up and see him. And so, God, we just trust in you. We trust our lives in your hands. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome.